Welcome everyone to the Follow the Yogi podcast. I'm Vicki Santana, your host. Join me every week while I'll share with you mind-blowing secrets of the practice of yoga, the philosophy of it, the physical practice of it, and I tie it all together so we can apply these secrets to our lives. Stay tuned. You might just find a little gem that will change your life. And now, on to our next dose of Follow the Yogi. When I used to smoke a long time ago, a friend asked me why I smoked. And before I could answer, she added to the question, how much do you hate yourself that you want to consciously kill yourself slowly? That question pretty much left me paralyzed. I thought she was judgmental, full of you-know-what, and way too much into my business. Who the hell does she think she is anyway, assuming that I hate myself just because I smoke? It's, was, it's undeniable, though, you know, that question stung quite a bit, and I didn't see it as intended as help. I took it as a statement, like a slap on the face. Needless to say, you know, after being called out, my fragile ego made time for her less and less until we just faded apart. I assume it's because after that statement, she's already done her karmic deed for me, and then it was up to me to pick up the ball and, and carry it. Now, I didn't really think much about that for a really long time. The thing about the things we do is we can justify them, rationalize them to a point where it makes absolutely perfect sense to us to be doing something that doesn't serve us, actually harms us, stay with people that are minimizing us, and it makes absolutely perfect sense because we add, we use this simple little word of love. I do it because I love it. Or I like it. I stay with that person because I love them. I stay in my job because I love what I do, even though I'm miserable. Now, over the years, I've heard this term self-love quite a bit. <laughs> I've heard it so much and even said it so much myself. It's kind of like the new coconut oil for self-help. It gets turned, uh, tossed around in normal conversation at nauseum, like you have to love yourself more. Why don't you love yourself? If only you loved yourself more, this wouldn't have happened. That's one of my favorite ones. If you don't love yourself, then everything that happens to you that doesn't work for you or that harms you is your fault. I don't agree. You can't love another person until you love yourself first. Honestly, until I sat down and thought about it, I had no idea what self-love really looked like. We don't get taught these things. We don't get exposed to these things. Maybe we do indirectly as we're growing up, but it's never like super obvious, like this is how you brush your teeth and you get shown how to brush your teeth and you get reminded how to brush your teeth until brushing your teeth just becomes part of your DNA. How we feel and talk about ourselves um, is not done that clearly. So for a long time, you know, I thought, Self-love was all about taking care of my physical body. Make sure your nails, your feet, your hair is done. Go out you know, to dinner with friends. Reports show that 85% of women that go out with their girlfriends a couple times a week live longer. Spending time for myself, which there was a time in my life which was pretty hard to do, especially as a new mom. 
although these things are nice and they feel nice to do for ourselves, they feel really good. It's not what self-love really ended up meaning to me. Listen, I could be doing all these things, all these great things for myself, buying shoes, beautiful outfits, taking care of my face, my nails, my hair, getting all did. Um, but if I'm still a hot mess on the inside, what I've actually done is create a band-aid that will only be there temporarily until the honeymoon of that initial purchase or service that I did for myself wears off and they all wear off. That I can promise you. Now I found that self-love was so important to living well because it influences everything we do. It's going to influence who we pick for a mate. If our self-love if our self-respect is low, we might migrate to people that don't like themselves either and their lifestyle, value system, you know, will reflect that. And whoever we're with will impact us, will impact the choices that we make. It also influence the image that we project at work. If we really don't care about how we appear to folks, it'll be presented in how we dress, how we communicate, basically how we show up. I find ourselves just coming late and not really caring too much about it. So internally, we don't really have a high degree of work ethic. It can also influence how you cope with the problems in your life. We might find ourselves in a relationship or situation that's toxic and we stay because we don't believe we're worthy or we don't believe that we deserve better. If we don't love ourselves, how can we expect our choices to reflect that love? It's so important to our welfare that I want you to know how to bring more of it into your life. So what is self-love? Is it something that you can get through a beauty makeover or a new set of clothes? I thought so. Can you get it more of it by reading something inspirational? Or can a new relationship make you love yourself more? I really thought so. The answer to all these questions, the short answer is nope, nope, nope. Now, although all these things feel good and are gratifying, you can't grow in self-love through these types of activities. I promise you, I have tried. Because self-love isn't just a state of feeling good. It's a state of appreciation for oneself. Self-love is the same love we give to others, but we direct it towards ourselves. So think about it. Let's say you have or had a mate. Your job, because you were so in love with them, was to make their life better. If you were doing the groceries, you pretty much would pick what they would like. If you were in a department store and you knew that they had a need, you'd pick up that need and, and give it to them. That exact same love and actions of love that we do for others that we love, our children, our mates, our friends, it's something that needs to be turned inward, that high level of compassion and patience. When we act in ways that expand self-love in us, we begin to accept much better our weaknesses as well as our strengths. 
and we have less need to explain away our shortcomings. We have compassion for ourselves as human beings struggling to find personal meaning, and we're more centered in our life purpose and values. We expect living fulfillment through our own efforts. All right, so what does it look like? What does self-love actually look like? Here we go. Number one, become more mindful. Those with more self-love know how they feel and act accordingly rather than do what others want or expect from them. People who have more self-love tend to know what they think, feel, and want. They're mindful of who they are and act on this knowledge instead of what others want from them. Here's an example. In my last marriage, I was expected to be a Stepford wife and follow the rules that my ex-husband had set out. We had a certain standard of living. We had a certain standard of living with friends. There were certain expectations of me. And um, as long as I fulfilled them, everything went smoothly. But there came a time where I actually needed to start expressing myself. I wasn't happy enough being in that role any longer. And it's not that there was anything wrong with the role. It's just that I outgrew it. I felt more confident in myself and there were other things that I wanted to pursue. I was happy enough in the marriage. And like I said, it worked out as long as I fit the mold. However, comma, the moment I started expressing myself and just being myself, it really all started falling apart. But I didn't give up being mindful of myself, knowing what I wanted, and following through with it. If at that time I didn't have a mate that understood, or that being who I was at that time fit into his life, then, as what happened, the marriage had to fall apart. Number two, act on what you need rather than what you want. This is a good one. Let's say I want to stay up late scrolling through social media, but I need to sleep. Which one do you pick? Do you pick the one you want, scrolling, or do you pick the one that you need, sleep, which is rest for the brain? How about I need to be more mindful in my life, but I prefer the constant movement and distractions. Which one do you pick? The distractions that are fun and adrenaline pumping Or do you start being more mindful of what's going on and slow down the internal pace of your life? Because here's the thing. When you love yourself, you can turn away from something that feels good and exciting to what you need to stay strong, centered, and moving forward in your life. You see, by staying focused on what you need, you turn away from automatic behavior patterns that get you into trouble, keep you stuck in the past, and lessen your self-love. Number three, practice good self-care. You will love yourself more when you take better care of yourself and of your basic needs. People high in self-love nourish themselves daily through healthy activities like sound nutrition, exercise, proper sleep, intimacy, and healthy social interactions. Intimacy, what does that have to do with self-love? Well, being open without being a doormat is a skill. 
loving yourself enough, being confident in yourself enough is a reflection and being able to open up to other people is a reflection that you're actually okay with yourself, that you accept yourself. And whoever doesn't like that by way of being intimate or opening up, well, that's okay. And it won't harm you. It won't knock you down. Number four, set boundaries. This one was a tough one for me. I was never taught how to set boundaries. Actually, I was taught how to be codependent and a people pleaser and perfect. So boundaries don't fit in that, especially if you were taught to be codependent because a codependent by default has no boundaries. Their whole task is to allow their boundaries to get crossed so that other people get what they want, even though you know, the codependent does not. So you'll love yourself more when you set limits or say no to work, love interests, or activities that deplete or harm you physically, emotionally, spiritually. If you're tired, even though you made plans, it's okay to not uh, go to and do what you had planned. Now, if you're regularly canceling on your friends, that's a whole other topic. That's not necessarily okay. It kind of reflects that maybe you're not taking care of yourself enough and you're overextending yourself. Saying no to jealousy, infidelity, lying, abuse from anyone is not being unreasonable. It's not being crazy. It's not being too demanding. I love when people say that though. It's knowing yourself and loving yourself enough to know that these things don't fit in your life. And even if you can forgive them, those actions constantly being in your life, if they don't resonate with your value system, they will deplete you. And the funny thing is, you'll actually start mirroring those actions and find yourself breaking your own boundaries, your own value system towards yourself. Number five, protect yourself. Bring the right people into your life. I love the term frenemies. I learned that a long time ago. Actually, I learned it from my daughter. Um, it describes so well the type of quote unquote friends who take pleasure in your pain and loss rather than in your happiness and success. My suggestion, get rid of them. There isn't enough time in our life to waste on people who want to take away the shine on our faces that say, I genuinely love myself and life. You will love and respect yourself so much more when you start taking these individuals out of your life that on the surface and to your face, are saying, love you, support you, everything's wonderful and fantastic, only to find out that when you're not looking, they're actually putting a knife in your back. Be mindful, because we can also find this in our selection of mates to our face. There's one story being delivered. When we turn around, it could be quite another and shocking at that. Number six, forgive yourself. Practice being less hard on yourself when you make a mistake. You know, remember, there aren't any failures. There are lessons, but no failures. If you've learned and grown from your mistakes, then really they were just lessons. 
We can be so hard on ourselves. It's the one thing, you know, it's one thing to take responsibility for your actions and forgive yourself. It's quite another thing to burden yourself with unlimited grief and remorse that keep you paralyzed from moving forward. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't a pass for doing wrong. We cannot continue to do the same mistake, quote unquote, over and over and over again that either hurts ourselves or hurts others and then expect, you know, it's all good because I'm just going to get forgiven anyway. No, that's not what that actually is. Now that I think about it, it's fooling ourselves. And if our actions are hurting someone else, it's manipulation. We're literally manipulating them by disregarding what I, what we know is going to hurt them. We accept their forgiveness only to do it again. So back on forgive yourself and not being so hard on yourself. It shows up in the most benign actions. We drop a pencil and if we drop it in public, we might find ourselves saying, oh, I'm so stupid or I'm so clumsy. Somewhere along the line, we came to correlate doing something imperfectly with other people looking at us as stupid, not enough, just fill in the adjective. For me, I know it's a defense mechanism. Better to make fun of myself, better to um, identify what I'm lacking or what I perceive to be lacking before someone does it to me. And again, it's a defense mechanism, but it's also a sign of lower self-love because like I said before, we're going to make mistakes. If we learn from them, they're not failures. And even if we don't learn from them at that moment, I promise you, if it happens enough in your life, eventually you'll get the lesson. How we talk about ourselves, whether it's outwardly or in our mind, is a, an incredibly accurate barometer to self-love. And then the last one, number seven, live intentionally. Find your purpose that resonates inside of you. I tell you, the saddest times in my life were when I didn't know what my purpose was. I had no direction. And at least for me, during those times, I would dive myself into relationships, no matter how unhealthy, and hide behind them. In other words, I would get caught up in the drama of the relationship instead of investing sweat equity in myself to find and fulfill my life purpose. You'll accept yourself and love yourself more. Whatever is happening in your life, when you live with purpose and with design for yourself, not for anyone else. The practice of yoga is selfish and it's selfish by design. Now, if you have a problem with the word selfish, I totally get it. Replace it with self-care. The whole process of our practice of yoga is not to try to fix the outside world so we feel better. It's not to acquire things so we feel better. It's to pay attention to ourselves, to love ourselves accurately, in the right ways, internally, so that no matter what is happening outside of ourselves, we don't misidentify our value and our emotions with what's going on outside. And that's super challenging because we've been taught the complete opposite our entire life. I didn't know what self-love looked like for the longest time in my life. I didn't know what it was like to be self-contained with love for myself because I was taught that to have love, 
is to have the acceptance, the respect, the marriage certificate from someone else. And that is where love for me was defined. The problem with that was I found myself in situations where I accepted far less than I was worth or worthy of just to keep the scraps of love alive. That's not the case anymore. Self-love has kept me self-contained. In other words, although I do go through highs and lows, although I do have emotions, I get happy, I get sad, but more and more I don't identify others think about me. I'm not looking to be saved through love. Rarely do I find myself lonely anymore. And the thing that I like the most of being self-contained with self-love is I'm no longer making the poor choices of bringing people in my life and settling for less just in the name of being loved, not being lonely, um, or because that's the way it's always been. Being able to say thank you but no thank you to less love than I am deserving is incredibly empowering. Because here's the thing. The way I love myself is now a very clear blueprint of what I expect from others when they say they love me. It's kind of like the sails on a boat. When the winds are going in different directions, when they're wanting to take you where you don't want to go, you can change or you can use those sails because those sails are strong and they're clearly defined to get you moving, keep you moving in the direction that works best for you. So now that I know what love looks like, because I'm practicing it on myself, it is so easy to see it in my external relationships. And when it's not there, that's okay too. There's no reason to be miffed or upset or anything like that. Because remember, you are now self-contained. What someone else thinks about you is none of our business and it doesn't matter because we're not investing in that anymore, but we are wishing that person abundance, love, health. Thank you, but no thank you is the best feeling in the world. Yogis, as always, it is a pleasure sharing these life lessons with you. If you're wanting to go deeper into it, if you want to deepen your practice and then maybe even teach yoga, join me starting in June, weekend, 200-hour yoga teacher training. Don't let that scare you, though. A lot of individuals take yoga teacher training to deepen their practice, to actually learn the things to make their practice that much more efficient. Find me on www dot v-i-k-k-y-santana.com. See you next time for our next installment of Follow the Yogi.